On this week's episode, the boys attempt to finally answer the question, is this anime? Will they answer it? Stay tuned to find out. Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. Uh, and I'm the uh, the everyman, the guy doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm McLeod. Uh, so for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch, and sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four episodes, sometimes it's a movie, sometimes it's a manga, and today it's an entire series. Uh, and last week's anime was uh, the Hunter Hunter movie Phantom Rouge. Uh, Malcolm, what was your final assessment of Hunter Hunter Phantom Rouge? Uh, I think I liked the conversation more than the actual film. Like, I think the fact that you uh, and Ray Lynn both knew uh, the series and could actually, like, delve into it more was more entertaining than, like, watching it. Though, there were some pretty wild things that were happening in that Hunter x Hunter movie. I See, I also just called it Hunter x Hunter. It's perfectly fine. It was the first time you ever watched it. It, it was like you jump. like I said before, it was like you jumping into Infinity War without watching any other Marvel movies. It was just... Lots of lots of references and recognition gags and stuff that you totally could could not possibly understand. Um, and yeah, we've got a guest on, uh, Logan Middleton. Logan, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. And we're covering Star Wars. And yeah, you're kind of like my Star Wars friend. You you know a ton about Star Wars. Um, you know a lot more, in my opinion, than a certain uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> or you've got more interesting takes, at least, as I say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and we're covering Star Wars Clone Wars, which I, which I always know you've been a big fan of. And it, it's Clone Wars 03, as the cool kids call it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you guys watch this when it first started airing? Or did you discover it later on? I, I watched it when it first started airing. Because, yeah, like, I was, what, like, 11 when, like, Attack of the Clones came out. So I was, like, right around the time. And the internet still existed. So I was watching, like, pirated yeah. clips on YouTube and stuff. I don't know what its time slot was. I didn't discover it until I saw a DVD at a friend's house. I was like, holy shit, there's this Star Wars anime I didn't even know about. Yeah, I'll be honest. I just found out about it okay. uh, in May really? from uh, the uh, Screen Junkies. They did uh, an honest trailers of this. That's and that's what yeah. I, that's what I re realized. I was like, oh, I hadn't seen, I had like, I hadn't seen it, but I, I also feel like I may have seen it when I was a kid, but I, like, I can't confirm it. Like, I feel like I may have seen like one of the five minute episodes just randomly yeah. um one night but i can't like recall like what one specifically yeah. okay so yeah I, I was way into this when this came out because yeah it was uh from a from a really cool creator who i was familiar with as a kid and yeah let's just uh jump into it uh so it all starts in 1994 uh jo george lucas was born um so we're, we're, we're not gonna go that back far back <laughs> That's not even that far back when you oh, like in well, you said 1994. That's when George Lucas was 1944. Born. <laughs> 1944. Uh, yeah. No, 44. we're we're not going to talk about the entire history of Star Wars here. That that would mean the segment alone would be like two hours. Yeah. And in uh, 1979, before Star Wars, George Lucas directed the motion picture Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> did he? Did he do Grand Theft Auto? I think he did Grand I, he Theft He did American Auto. Graffiti, wasn't he? American it? Graffiti. American Wait, Graffiti. then who did Grand Theft Auto? I think that's just like a random British movie. 
Um, yeah, I was thinking American Graffiti. No, you know what it is? Ron Howard. That was Ron Howard. Oh, Ron Howard did GTA, the GTA movie. Yeah. Other than, other than Star Wars, like prior to that, George Lucas did like THX. He did American Graffiti. He did Star Wars, and then he stopped directing, basically, until the prequels. I, I will say this. Ron Howard was in American Graffiti. That's right, yeah. And so I'm not totally wrong, but I'm also yeah. wrong. <laughs> and he, he would direct a Star Wars movie, Solo, which, uh, when I finally watched it, uh, not, not, the worst of, not the worst Star Wars movie. Um, it has a really bad first act, but, uh, but I generally think it's, it's a B-minus, C-plus, in my opinion. I'm, I'm rich. Sorry, I, what I really struggle with, with with Solo is just like the color grading. Like every scene is either blue or brown. And it's just like a filter over each scene. Malcolm, have you seen Solo? Did you get it? Uh, I never, I actually haven't seen Solo. I, I'm a big fan of Miller and Lord who are supposed to yeah. direct Solo. And then when they got uh, like uh, fired from the film, I was just like, I don't know if I'm that interested in it. Like, they're so good. And then, yeah. like, and then they go and replace him with, like, Ron Howard, who, like, is, like, a very uninspiring director. Like, he's kind right. of, like, very much, like, oh, yeah, like, he'll make you, like, a watchable film, but it's yeah. not going to be anything you're like, wow. Like, he's no like, one's right now is being like, wow, I can't wait for Hillbilly uh, Elegy uh, yeah. <laughs> on Netflix. I think Ron Howard is who you get when you're like, let's just get this movie out on schedule no hiccups let's just and uh that didn't even happen because the uh the reshoots went massively over budget and the movie's production cost is like 400 million dollars oh yeah they shot most of the movie and then fired lord miller and like reshot everything uh michael k williams was cut from the film anyways uh, folks folks tune in on our solo podcast uh, next week i suppose Let's, go, let's just stop talking about Clone Wars and just talk about Solo, a movie Malcolm hasn't even watched for two yeah, years. Um, yeah. So no, we're going to talk about Gendy Tar- Tartakovsky. Uh, he was born in 1970. He was a Russian immigrant who moved to the U.S. when he was seven. His father died of a heart attack when he was 16, and his family had to move into government-assisted housing afterwards. He also had to work to support his family while still going to high school. But his journey into animation began when he failed to make the cutoff for a marketing class, and he was thrown into an animation course. And he briefly attended uh, film school at Columbia College. He would later move to LA to study animation at Cal Arts with his friend and future collaborator, Rob Rossetti. And at Cal Arts, one of his student films became the basis for Dexter's Lab. Um, and if either of you big Dexter's Labs fans, uh, I love that show. Yeah, I remember watching it. I did. I really liked that show back in the day. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. I, I watched it a lot as well. Um, it's been a long time, but excellent, excellent show. And it's still like featured in a lot of like Cartoon Network promos and random video games. It's definitely like still part of the pop culture. It definitely made its mark. Yeah, well, Dexter's such an iconic character. So it's like, yeah. it, it's almost to be a shame if he just kind of just disappeared. For sure. And so yeah, two years into CalArts, he got a job at Lapis Azul Productions in Spain to work on Batman the Animated Series. And then he got a job at Hanna-Barbera through his CalArts friend, uh, Craig McCracken. And then after working on the show, Two Stupid Dogs, uh, not familiar with the show at all. Malcolm or Logan, how about you? I've never heard of it. No, I've never heard of it. I didn't learn about it until I read it on Wikipedia. Um, But Gendy, he got the chance to turn Dexter's Lab into a full-blown series. And yeah, Dexter's Lab was a massive hit. It ran from 1996 to 2003. And then in 1998, he became a supervising producer on Powerpuff Girls as well, which is a show I watched as a kid. I was I was one of those kids who was very ashamed about his his love of Powerpuff Girls secretly. I <laughs> also awesome. watched it. <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. 
It's a, it was a great show. And I remember like, I would like read in magazines. I'm like, did you know like 33% of Powerpuff Girls audiences are boys, therefore I can like it. It's okay, guys. I feel like it's one of those shows that like, I, I feel like if I ask like a lot of my male friends, of like our age range they'd all seen it like i they feel like it's, it. and, but it's like one of those things that survey where it's like you're that just young enough to be like i was a girl show i so i can't say i like it or whatever yeah but it was just like a really great visual style and like it was and like it may yeah it was it was just on so it's like oh i'll just watch this yeah it, it's a great show i mean it's, it's being turned into a cw live action show um a a gritty gritty reboot there's also been like a powerpuff girls anime which i never watched uh there was also a movie which i never got around to seeing although that movie had the um original crew involved so he he's got a pretty darn good resume and then yeah in 2001 he created samurai jack also a big show only that lasted three seasons but then it got revived later on gendy also did storyboards for iron man 2 which is wild oh, wow. you think someone with like his track record at that point wouldn't be like i guess i'll do the storyboards for yeah. iron man 2 like they exactly. should be offering him the job of like do you want to make your live action like directorial debut on iron man 2 in 2012 uh gendy he would make his hollywood film debut with hotel transylvania um this movie went through like six directors before they settled on gendy uh he didn't write the uh the first movie or the second, it wouldn't be until the third one that he actually would write them. There's three of them now? There's wow. a fourth coming out, and Gendy is a writer and producer, but not director on the fourth. What? I'm shocked there's a three of them already. And yeah. Like... Um, I know the third one is like got like Kristen Wiig as like um, Van Helsing's daughter. I just remember because the trailer was terrible and I didn't laugh at it, and it's like set on like a cruise boat or something. Okay. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an excuse for Gendy to make a lot of money without probably having to put in a lot of effort. And also, you know, Adam Sandler gets to put his um, dumb, weird friends in movies in a cartoon this time. That's so, yeah, I've never seen any of them because I've obviously have no intention of seeing them. But that's wild. I've never, I didn't even put that together. Because this is like really good in a lot of ways, uh, what we just watched. And like to, to see that it's like he gone, went from this, which then influenced like a whole, you know, the whole next generation of Star Wars films to whatever the hell Hotel Transylvania is kind of a sad arc. It's a really yeah. I mean, I'm sure he made a fuck ton of money. <laughs> I'm sure oh, he, I'm sure he made a oh. lot of money and is very happy with the house and and all the other things it bought. Yeah, I, I'm I'm assuming he's yeah, he probably, you know, he pocketed a, you know, a few mil. Yeah, no, he, he's doing okay. Um so yeah, let's let's move back to uh, Clone Wars 03. So the idea for the show, Malcolm, uh, wh where do you think the idea came from? Who, who came up with the idea to do a Clone Wars cartoon? What do you think? Um, I actually have, I would assume like a Cartoon Network. That was like my assumption. But then like, cause they're also small, right? But it was mm -hmm. like, this is just before like, like it's what's weird is that if this was made now, this would have been a Quibi original. <laughs> R.I.P. Quibi. Oh, you've already <laughs> dated this podcast even further. R.I.P. Quibi. Um, if you remember it, uh, listeners. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, have, I would assume it was a Cartoon Network thing, like some sort of synergy. Uh, Logan, if you, if you didn't do any research, do you want to take a guess? Just based on some of the ideas in there, I would assume George Lucas wasn't involved in some capacity, right? Incorrect. The idea came from Hasbro. Oh. <laughs> they, what? they went to Lucasfilm. They were like, we need, we need you to develop something in between the prequels to boost toy sales for Revenge of the Sith. Of course. Yeah. That's that, amazing. That's where it came from. But Cartoon Network, 
they were the ones who uh, recommended Gandhi to them. Uh, so Cartoon Network did have an influence because yeah, they they had worked with Hasbro thanks to Transformers and they were like, we know just the guy, this guy's been our hit maker. And yeah, the shorts were originally gonna be just one minute long, but Gindy persuaded them to extend that time limit to three minutes and later uh, the last five episodes are 12 each. And he yeah. said the animation techniques in the series paid tribute to the Nelvana produced Star Wars cartoons like Droids, Ewoks, and the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, I remember watching Droids when I was super young. I have I not watched was, that. I thought it was amazing. And then I've, I've gone back and watched it in recent years and it is just terrible. It's an awful show. <laughs> I didn't um, even know that existed as a TV show. Yeah. Like it's, just been, it's like the holiday special. They really try to bury that thing. Oh, absolutely. Like, they did this in the 80s. Yeah. The the idea that the, the last like film or television Star Wars content until the prequels was droids and Ewoks is really sad. Oh, like no. that's the in-between content. And then you have the expanded universe stuff, which people do like, especially the early stuff with like Thrawn. But the idea that like the television content is droids and Ewoks is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like because I feel like I may have seen the Ewoks show when I was a kid. And, like, I would not have ever put together that that was related to Star Wars on any front. Because it yeah. is, like, a cutesy, almost bear show. Well, it, yeah. generally speaking, when you when you have Star Wars, you're like, oh, maybe there'll be a Jedi in this. Or maybe a uh, a bounty hunter. Not, um, this will be about yes. droids and the Ewoks. Anything to, like, connect it to, like, what you like about Star Wars. Like nobody's watching star wars because of the ewoks nobody's watching like yeah we all love c-3po but we're not watching it for c-3po <laughs> come on yeah we um, want a, ca- a C- uh, c-3po cameo and that's about it yeah i mean that that's what uh, jj did with force awakens he, he gave c-3po barely a cameo uh he barely gave r2 anything to do which i was like i didn't mind that i didn't mind that i like i like 3po getting to have like one line in force awakens i was like hey look at my new red arm that was funny yeah uh, and then you have to go buy the comic book to find out what that's about i did read that comic book yeah. <laughs> uh, um, anyways um gendy uh he said he got very few no- notes from locus um they were told they had to do the stories within the clone wars timeline and they couldn't progress the plot I love that. That explains so much. Like when you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, like there's this element of like, oh, nothing matters, but also like everything matters. Like it's a very like weird balancing act that they have. To yeah, uh, they had some minor requests. They were asked to uh, add the ARC troopers in there and uh, the villain Dirge, who's like the villain of kind of like the uh-huh. first 10 uh, episodes or whatever. And uh, just- that was about it. <laughs> well, like it's interesting that you say they were told not to move the plot forward at all. Cause really like it plays very well as a two hour film. That's how I watched it on YouTube. That being said, I had to take a break halfway through because it's like action, 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 action. Then maybe a little bit of plot and then like 10 more action scenes. Oh, it's unrelenting. Yeah, I also watched this on YouTube as a two-hour film, and it's like, oh, I gotta take a break. <laughs> like, it's yeah, it's well, wild how, like... And I also watched it um, with 1.5 speed on, because it was... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I guess, that, I guess there's very little dialogue in the series, so it probably works especially well with 1.5 speed. Yeah, it does. I mean, the only thing is some of the, of the dialogue does get a little uh, mumbled, but then you just slow it down for those parts. Oh, word. Um, there is one important note. The character of General Grievous was still in flux when they were producing the series. 
So in particular, the coffee makes in the films was not present. The final short features a last minute addition of Mace Windu force crushing Grievous's chest plate to reconcile that difference. That was last minute. They're just like, oh yeah, we've we made this character design change. You have to fit this in. And Grievous is super British in this show. I mean, we'll get to Grievous when we get to him, but um, I, I much prefer this Grievous over any other iteration. I think, I think this is peak Grievous. He's terrifying. He's great. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, and before we just get into it, I just got one quote where George Lucas mentions anime because this is technically an anime podcast. Uh, this is what he says. Uh, the thing that attracted me, me to it was it has a slight anime feel to it, George Lucas added at the time. And I'm very interested in anime, and I was really interested in moving into a type of animation that was very different than anything we'd done in the past. Oh, and it's beautifully animated. Like, mm. visually, it is just fantastic to look at. Yeah, it, um, has, it has, like, a Hanna-Barbera quality to it. That was, like, the one thing I kept thinking about when I was watching it. Just some of the action scenes, there's lightsabers swooping, or, like, when rain's coming down and the lightsabers start to smoke. It looks phenomenal. Which, when I compare that to uh, the, the newer Clone Wars show, obviously that got progressively better looking as it went on. But, mm. like, you know, the 2008 Clone Wars film, for me, it just looks atrocious. I've, I've never actually watched but the Clone Wars just, film. <laughs> I watched the show. I, I didn't watch the film. Okay, well, like, or even th- season one of the show. Like, I'll, yeah. I, I will admit, I think the latest season of the new Clone Wars it's show awesome. looks amazing. Mm. But, uh, like this animation style for a Star Wars uh, for Star Wars content, I think is perfect. Yeah, That's I've got great. I've gotten a lot of my notes. I prefer <laughs> a lot of my notes just have I prefer how this character looks in this show. Yeah. Let's kind of get right to it. I mean, Malcolm, were you able to tell when the transitions for the shorts were? Because I was going on Wikipedia, like I've organized my notes all into like you know one, two, three per episode or whatever. I was like making sure I'm like okay, this is the cutoff, so I can do this in an orderly fashion. I was watching it straight through, so I didn't like take that much into consideration. But there are it's definitely jo- uh, jarring like mo- like cuts almost, as mm. in like, oh yeah, this ended like yeah. an episode, and then this is starting a new one. Well, let's let's go straight from the yeah. top. Uh, we've got our little introduction. It's kind of a montage, which is why I thought it was actually part of episode two initially. Um, I did like shirtless. Wrote in my notes: shirtless Kit Fisto, ten out of ten. Um, it's shredded. He's yeah, that's like ripped. one thing. Uh, yeah, everyone's shredded in this. Like nobody asked for shirtless shredded Kit Fisto, but nobody's complaining either. <laughs> and, and Kit Fisto, he is he is on record as being my favorite uh, prequel Jedi Master. I love Kit Fisto. Every episode. How did you? Uh, hmm? Sorry, how did, how did you feel about his? his uh, they 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 gave him a, a voice in this show. He's he's very British as well. I liked it. I wrote that in my notes too. Uh, I really liked. I love Phil Lamar who voices him in the main cartoon in the uh, well not main. You know what I mean? The Clone yeah. Wars cartoon. Uh, Phil Lamar's great, but I I dug his accent. He sounded very charming. Yeah, I think so. Wait, which one? Obi Wan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get. Oh yeah, you were on. You were on a bit of uh, one and a half speed, and he only has like one line. He only has yeah, like it's one like line. a throwaway line. They're in the, the. I think it's when they're deciding whether or not they should knight Anakin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kit Fisto, ten out of ten. Every episode he's in, instant ten out of ten. Um, I love the arc trooper uh, sequence we get though. Uh, what Malcolm? What do you think of that? I liked it. I mean, it was fun. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Some of the action definitely. Uh, in my mind right now has uh, melded together. Uh, So uh, if I'm getting uh, some of the fight sequences wrong, I apologize in advance. Uh, Like that was the one thing, the action is all really great in this. 
Um, like, there's not really a weak action sequence of my mind. Just to refresh, the ARC Troopers sequence is when they're kind of sneaking through the city, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I, I refer yeah. to him as Red Clone Trooper, but I think I just made okay. the distinction as ARC Trooper. That's, that's how I'm, I, like, dyslexically read that or something. I'm like, I'm assuming he's the ARC Trooper since I don't know who else would the ARC Trooper yeah. be. That uh, is the sequence that I think, like, when I think of this show, that's the one from childhood that I really remember is just the the Clone Wars kind of, I think it's Dantooine. I could be wrong, but I think uh, the city was Dantooine. Um, the only reason I took note of that is because it's a throwaway line from Princess Leia in okay. episode four. Oh, yeah, Dantooine. Uh, anyways, that sequence is beautiful. I think it's one of the few moments in the show where it's not like lasers blasting, let's all run at each other super fast. It's just like they're kind of silently going through the the city and it's it's fantastic yeah and you, and you get a feel for just what these troopers are like like they get it initially starts with like them getting shot down and they just you know yeah. instantly just get out of their ship and they're just you know doing hand signals and being all professional you're just like oh these guys are badass also uh obviously i love uh d bradley baker is but he, was he involved in this no he obviously he's the voice of uh the clones in the 2008 series but mm -hmm. I also really like the whoever's doing the voices of the clones in this. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. They're not really, they don't sound very uh, New Zealand-esque, but it's all good. Yeah, exactly, man. And I, th I think a big thing just to note about the quality in general of the series was that, you know, at the time, especially by the Gen Xers who were controlling pop culture at the time, like the prequels were not, I know, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have other, you know, younger millennials and Zoomers uh, who disagree here. Um, but the prequels were not um, well received at this time. So this was really like the first good Star Wars content really since like uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Like that's the thing, like there, there's a level of quality to, the, to this. And again, it, it's, what, it's what those fans at the time really want. I mean, it comes in cycles, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do want to get into this just again, how Star Wars, ev everyone hates the current Star Wars era. That seems to be a trend. <laughs> Um, you know, pe people, when the prequels are going on, those were the worst abominations. Then Last Jedi comes out and now that's the worst abomination. It comes in cycles yeah. because, you know, adults are just like, oh, this isn't exactly how I pictured it. I've been waiting this many years for this. And then, yeah, yeah. Clone Wars is just all action. It's no midichlorians, no, uh, none of that. Yeah, because they, well, they didn't have enough time to be like, we're gonna have this like really dramatic like scene in the middle of like this five minutes that we have. It, it's all filler. It's it, no, not all filler. It's all killer, no filler. Um, and I think that's what really appealed to a lot of people. And also, yeah, it's stunning. It's really coherent. The other thing I was considering while watching is this can exist in the same universe as the new Clone Wars show. There's nothing that really clashes plot-wise. The ending of this show can exist along with the ending of the new Clone Wars show. So. I don't think there's really any reason why this is no longer canon other than it's not. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing too. It's, there's nothing that contradicts it. I, I don't know if Grievous has, I think Grievous might have the cough in the Clone Wars, in Clone Wars, New, New Wars, whatever you call it. But you know. Does he debut in this, in these shorts? Yeah, he makes his debut. Yeah. Timeline yeah. wise, this yeah. came out before Revenge. Yeah, huh? he's a lot cooler in this than he is in Revenge of the Sith. Much, I mean, again, it's, it's the Boba Fett thing of a character with a really cool design who does absolutely nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think uh, this, this show is also the, the first appearance of uh, Asajj Ventress, who I don't think she's named in this show. I don't recall, again, like, I just, yeah, she's, I, 
I could um, I rewatched the uh, the the Screen Junkies Honest Trailers that I um before doing this and yeah, uh, yeah he, uh, apparently yeah she doesn't have a name in this and it, like it okay. was she was created for this show and then because she was so popular they were like well we have to name her and then they yeah. brought brought her into the Clone Wars TV show and it's yeah. it, it's interesting that Dirge who was a character they requested uh, does not appear in um in the Clone Wars uh, in Clone Wars yeah. CG or whatever. Dirge is fantastic. Dirge I is awesome. I gained a yeah. lot of respect for Dirge in my rewatch. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of jump back and forth, listener. I the, Again, we watch these like a two-hour movie, so maybe we'll go to short four or maybe to short whatever. But Dirge, yeah, he's awesome. He's a really He's got a really cool character design. He's the here's the one thing I'm going to be honest with. I don't really know the names of most of these characters. So when you two are talking about it, I'll be quietly Googling <laughs> just to make sure, like, okay, I think I know who it is. Dur- yeah, Dirge I mean, is the heavy. Yeah, Dirge is the one who looks like um, uh, the third act of Akira, right? Am I not mistaken? I guess so. Maybe maybe uh, not. It's not like anybody in the show ever says, oh, hey, there's Dirge. Like, you have to look up who this guy, like, cool metal armor guy, Clone Wars 2003, to even find out who he is, but... He's a dope character. Yeah. I like the fact that he's on a motorbike. Like we we have basically like the equivalent of um, what is it? What's the, oh my god? I just forgot that like a a night tournament. What was it called? Lance? Jousting. Oh, jousting. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We've got the equivalent of a jousting of a jousting sequence where again we've got like Clone Wars with the lances on one side and Dirge and his weird robot minions on the other side. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, the Clone Wars get the uh, the the uh, clone troopers get fucked up. Yeah. Dirge also fires straight up bullets. It's not lasers. He's just firing bullets. And Obi-Wan stops them with the Force, which of course is that great scene in Force Awakens where Kylo Ren stops the the blaster bolt. But yeah, Dirge is just firing fucking bullets at Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Obi-Wan's just like, nah, dude. Yeah, that was something I was thinking about. I was like, yeah, for, like everyone's kind of like in this show, especially everyone just charges like yeah. like they are in a sword fight. Like this is like, you know, almost very uh, samurai inspired. Yeah. But yeah, he's just like, I've got a gun and yeah. your lasers, I don't, aren't going to do as much damage as my gun will. Yeah. I, I've been playing Doom Eternal. And so I wrote in my notes, Dirge reminds me of uh, Doom Guy because he seems to have a lot of the power set that Doom Guy has in uh, the current game. Like, when he's fighting Obi-Wan in that kind of final battle, he's using so many goddamn different weapons. I think while, while we're talking about Obi-Wan, one of the, if not the only cast member that returned for the new Clone Wars series, uh, James Arnold Taylor, voices Obi-Wan in this show as well. And I honestly prefer his performance in this. I think when it came time for the new Clone Wars series, he kind of really exaggerates, like, the, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi and I'm British. Whereas it's a little more dialed back and he sounds a little more like Ewan McGregor in this show. Yeah, I, I, like. I felt that too. I did notice his performance. Yeah, it was a, dialed back is a good way of putting it. Yeah, that was like the one thing that in some ways like caught me off guard because uh, like a lot of, like I don't, I, for instance, I really did not like the voice acting from Yoda. I thought that might have been <laughs> some pretty cringe voice I, I didn't acting. Notice, I didn't notice anything different about yeah, you. I think it's, I, I, it never stuck out to me as different. For me, it just I, I was like grittier sound. Like yeah. it was like like I almost like Clint Eastwood has been asked to <laughs> to voice Yoda. Yeah. Um. And and I it was just really off putting. Um. 
because uh, but I really liked Obi Wan. I thought Obi Wan was the best voiced, and yeah, he almost sounded just enough like Ewan McGregor that I was like, did Ewan McGregor just do the voices? <laughs> like I was, um, I was impressed. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, gonna look this up. Like, did did any um main cast members from the movies reprise their roles for this? Uh, just yeah. Anthony Daniels, I think. Really? I thought the guy who uh, did Dooku sounded a lot like Christopher Lee. Damn. I don't know who that is, but I mean, Anthony uh, Daniels says well, yes to everything. Well, because he doesn't do movies that aren't Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the performances in this are generally pretty good. Um, Anakin's a little whiny. Yeah, I, I wrote in my notes, I don't like Anakin. Sorry, um, sorry, Matt Lucas. And... Uh, I wasn't super stoked on the uh, Asajj Ventress voice. It's similar to the one in the new series, but I don't know. It's it's a little. I, I got a little a little cringed it's, out. Whenever it's it's great, uh, De La Salle. Uh, she she's voiced so many characters, so I'm just used yeah. to her voice, so I was fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I with that, it is it. It was just like the first time out with, uh, yeah, Ventress. So it kind of makes yeah. sense that like there's figuring it out as like going along yeah. with what that voice sounds like I'll also like i don't feel like they thought that character was going to be a breakout the way it ended up being yeah that's the thing and again she's a major character in uh in the later clone Wars series she's awesome i mean i even looked into like her fate in the expanded universe and they gave her like an entire redemptive arc which is crazy yeah i'm kind of waiting to see what they're going to do uh a live action portrayal of well well she she's dead in the in the book sorry she yeah. dies and wow. it's canon. She did. And then uh, only in the, the first series, General Grievous is voiced by uh, John DiMaggio. I was just looking at That's crazy. I did not. I want to rewatch that s sequence already to see. Yeah. Uh, so if, if anybody listening doesn't know who John DiMaggio is, his uh, most famous role, I think, would be Bender from Futurama. For sure. But, you know, he's done plenty of other stuff. I mean, um, him and James Arnold Taylor uh, both got their career start on uh, Final Fantasy X. Oh, crazy. Yeah, uh, James Arnold Taylor, voice of Titus, and um, John DiMaggio as Waka, uh, the ja Jamaican blitzball player. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy X, very, very good game, and also has a very um, important voice cast for the future of voice actors, it turns out. Um, yeah, so it's, it's got a pretty good cast. Yeah, Matt Lucas would not reprise his role as uh, Anakin Skywalker. I think um, Anakin's later voice actor does a way better job. It also helps that his, uh, his, his uh, Clone Wars actor or the the Clone Wars actor uh, doesn't bother to do a, a, um, a Hayden Christensen voice, which is probably why I like it. Yeah, absolutely. He just does his own thing. And I've tried reconciling that Anakin with um, Hayden Christensen, and sadly it does not work. <laughs> uh, I much prefer the Clone Wars Anakin over any other Anakin. Well, he's actually likable in the Clone Wars. He's really uh, good, and you can see the yeah. darkness in him. Like, he, he kills people a lot. <laughs> But you can also make sense of like when Obi-Wan says, you know, he's, he was a good man, he's a good friend, when he's telling Luke about his dad. Whereas when I hear that quote and I think of Hayden Christensen, I'm like, well, was he ever really good? Like, he's just kind of a dick and then he's, <laughs> and then he's Darth Vader. Yeah, that, that's for sure. And, but, you know, it helps that they had 100 episodes to develop that Anakin. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, he like this. This Anakin is just very whiny. Yeah, like, I just find him to be a very. But I mean, that's kind of how I always view Anakin because I haven't really watched the Star Wars Clone Wars show that you guys are referencing. Um, so I don't like have the basis of like, oh, this this great uh, development of this character. 
I want to just go back to episode four, which is a Kit Fisto episode, therefore 10 out of 10. And uh, I like the uh, Mon Calamari there. Whatchamacallit, uh, Malcolm, those are like the the Admiral Akbar species. They're on eels with uh, shell shields. And I thought that was radical. Yeah. Uh, and then Kit Fisto has a really yeah. nice smile at the end. He just gives, he's a charming dude in this yeah. show. His lightsaber also looks pretty fantastic underwater. It kind of, yeah. I don't know, fuzzed it out a bit and looks good. Yeah, I was going to say, like, after watching it, I'm like, I kind of wish there was more Star Wars sequences underwater. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, it looked really cool. Like, it was, I was like, oh, this is a great idea. Maybe yeah. when the Avatar sequels are finally done, um, James Cameron can do a Kit Fisto spinoff. Yeah, Kit Fisto, a Star Wars story. <laughs> I am totally down with that. James, yeah. James Cameron directing it. He can go to the sea and do whatever he wants. So Kit Fisto, He'd love it. He can just go into the ocean. He loves the ocean. Yeah. James Cameron oh, love famously it. loves the ocean. <laughs> yeah, Kit Fisto visits the Titanic. <laughs> um, Kit Fisto, yeah, amazingly badass in this show, especially... And then episode three is like one and done. He's done. He's done. Yeah. Um, we get we get that one line in the Jedi Council, and that's it. But you know what? Uh, I was I was satisfied with it. I know Kit Fisto isn't isn't a major character. He's he's oh, just he's the coolest great. character. So yeah, they have like Jedi that we know, like Kit Fisto's there, Kiari Mundi, and then they also invented some new Jedi for this. Uh, there's a Wolfman Jedi. Oh, that's, yeah. He was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Wolfmon. That's what his name yeah, is. Wolfmon. Wolfmon. That's good. And then there's the Jedi that looks like Shaggy Rogers from Scooby-Doo. That guy, uh, he does not have a good face. Um, no. Poor, poor guy. He's, he was no. too much of a coward. I don't know. Even, I don't even know how he made it. I don't even know how he even got that far as a Jedi. I thought it was kind of funny. Most of the other Jedi that they invent for this show are basically every creature that we see in the cantina in episode four mm-hmm. is now a Jedi in this show. Okay. Yeah, like anything that they invented, it's just watch the cantina sequence, watch this show, all the new Jedi are just cantina critters. Um, episode six, that's the one where we get introduced to Ventress. And I loved like every single creation in that little arena where Ventress yeah. is like proving her worth. Uh, I've got the pink wildebeest the dude is riding is 100% a Gendy creation. I love it. Same with the blue creature. Actually, all the original creatures seem to be pure Gendy. That's great. Yeah, and yeah. then she, she, she hooks up with Count Dooku and she tells him, oh, you know nothing about the dark side. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he just fucking annihilates her immediately. Yeah, du- Dooku is a strong guy. I also like the yeah. detail of um, Ventress having a, a blue and green... Uh, Two, two lightsabers, blue and green, because it implies she got them yeah. off of Jedi she killed. I have that in my notes as well. I think aesthetically, the blue yeah. and green lightsaber just look excellent with her, especially clashing with uh, Dooku's red lightsaber before he destroys hers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and then yeah, episode seven was Dooku versus Ventress. Yeah, they, they work together. And yeah, we, we get back to Dirge. And, uh, oh yeah, Clo- yeah, like we said, the clones have lances and this is just space jousting. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a one, another one of the sequences where they're just yeah jousting or running into swords or lightsabers. I, I believe it's in this sequence. Uh, I don't know if they belong to Dirge or the the Separatists, but they're using IG units, which I don't think I've ever seen uh, depicted as being, I guess, part of the Separatist army. 
uh, I, you, you know more than me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, we, and then, yeah, we get this like Dirge versus Obi-Wan conclusion, which again, it's just, he turns it, Dirge pretty much turns into like Jason from Friday, Friday the 13th. Like you just can't seem to kill him. And yeah. also he's like a tentacle creature too. I'm not even sure if, is, is Dirge even just like a single celled organism? Is he just like a million different organisms in just one thing or what? Yeah. Uh, he's a cool character in that way. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. There, he's got. There's a lot of questions as to like who is Dirge, how does he exist? Because there's nothing like him in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. No, and we don't. He doesn't even make a return in like other media, which is crazy. Because I think he's. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would have liked to see more Dirge. It, maybe we can meet like a nice Dirge. Uh, maybe the Mandalorian can team up with a uh, Dirge's son, who it turns out is like just a really chill dude. Anything seems to be possible in that show lately, and I love it. I love it. Dude, it's funny, man. Like, I was all ready to, like, talk about how I feel that Mandalorian is kind of, kind of uh, mediocre. But then, yeah, I, just, I was just talking to you um, as of this recording, the sixth episode of season two aired, and it was fucking awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was texting Malcolm, I'm like, that. you have to watch this. As soon as we saw a certain ship flying in the distance, I was like, Nailed it. Perfect. Malcolm, Malcolm, do you even care about spoilers? You'll probably find out. You haven't even watched the show in a while. Yeah, I've been watching. I'm fine with spoilers. Boba <laughs> Fett comes back. Yeah. Oh, nice. And the Mandalorian yeah, teams up awesome. with Boba Fett, and he's awesome. Yeah. And it's implied that in the next episode, it will be the Mandalorian teaming up with Boba Fett and Bill Burr. Yeah. <laughs> Which oh, that's going to be dream fun. Team. Absolute the dream team. Uh, and I like how Boba Fett is a bit thick in the chest. I like how he's got the punch. I like yeah. I like thick Boba. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, jo- join us next week on our Mandalorian podcast. Yeah, we got our Mandalorian podcast. We got our uh, solo podcast. We've, eh, we've a lot. Throw a um, uh, a kick-ass podcast in there too. Talking about yeah. Mark Miller's bad. Um, episode ten, space battle. That's all I have in my notes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, it was a space battle. Any, anything that stuck out with you? It's unrelenting action, right? So yeah. when you're watching it, you're like, oh, I like this. Like, it's, like I had yeah. nothing to, like, hate on. Uh, yeah. And then, just, yeah, the, the next uh, one's uh, Anakin versus Ventress dogfight. I thought that was fine. But episode 12 and 13, they're, like a, they're pretty much one episode. Um, that one's the highlight for me. I think that's my favorite episode overall, um, the Mace Windu series. He is such a fucking badass in this like he drops down on the planet he annihilates every droid like without even breaking a sweat which then makes me think about uh the coliseum battle in episode two mm-hmm. where he seemed to struggle against a uh like a, a similar amount of droids so i don't know maybe i don't know maybe well let's listen gendy has a better handle on action Here's yeah. a question. Do you think uh, Samuel L. Jackson regrets not put allowing his voice to be used in this show? Because I, I felt like Mace was better in this than uh, I mean, I, he Wars. voices Mace I know for sure in the, the Clone Wars movie. I don't know for how long, if at all, he voiced it in the, in the show. Well, maybe at least in the movie, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely a much more compelling character in this than the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about it because I was like, 
Yeah, like it's it's an easy paycheck, and Samuel L. Jackson is the kind of actor who will just do it if, he, if well, he's same, asked. Same thing with uh, with Christopher Lee. Count Dooku's obviously in this, and it's not Christopher Lee, but Count Dooku's in the the Clone Wars movie, and it's legendary actor Christopher Lee in this real, real D tier uh, Star Wars adventure. Yeah, I feel like again, if this was uh, spearheaded by Hasbro they're like i guess we'll just like cheap out on the actors uh, yeah. except for anthony daniels who will i guess we'll say no, anything yeah. i wonder if it's in anthony daniels contract that they can't ask anyone else besides him i want i think he even did like the star wars radio dramas like back in the early 80s which mark hamill for sure did the first two i mean this is mark, deep mark hamill even voiced like a couple video games yeah I mean, nobody's talking about the radio dramas, but it's worth <laughs> noting that uh, uh, in the Empire Strikes Back radio drama, uh, Yoda is voiced by John Lithgow. Really? How is yeah, it? Yeah. He's, I mean, it sounds like John Lithgow doing oh. a Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was sorry. I didn't for... even, first of all, did not know that there was um, a radio dramas that they did of Star Wars. And yeah, I cannot believe that that's probably one of John Lithgow's first roles it was to do this yeah like unbelievable uh tc carson voices mace windu in every single um mace windu appearance pretty much okay. uh donald glover voiced him in some robot chicken special but no tc oh, carson's cool. been uh oh and then there's some other shows with adrian holmes um but no uh tc carson's voiced him in clone wars 03 and the clone wars so yeah he's He's the, the James Arnold Taylor of this world. For, uh, yeah, so I, guess, I guess Sam Jackson just did the Clone Wars movie then, which, I mean, you can't commit to a... I mean, I guess at the time there's a four or five season show, but Sam Jackson's got other shit to do. Yeah, I, I was watching Legend of Korra, and that show actually has a very stacked voice cast. They have, like, Rami Malek, and uh, oh. A.K. Simmons is, like, a regular on the show. Um, J.K. Simmons, though, is one of those actors who will do everything. And when you like yeah. look at his IMDb, you're like, "What? When did he have time to do that?" Like Absolutely. he just is like in it. Yeah, um, I'm trying yeah. to think of. So when this was made, I'm gonna look at uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's IMDb. I want to know what <laughs> he was busy doing that he couldn't. Uh, while while you do that, we'll move on. Um, yeah, and we barely even talked about. Honestly, the highlights of this. I oh, love the he Earthquake. was doing classics like SWAT. Oh, oh amazing film. I, a a film called time. Twisted. Oh, very uh, cool. In the classic basketball drama, Coach Carter. Oh, I Coach, will Coach Carter is dope. I, I stand by that film. But he was also doing voiceover acting in San, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Oh. Iconic. And The Incredibles. So it is. So. Oh, Frozone. Frozone. Um, yeah. What do you guys think of the earthquake generator in this episode? I thought it was dope. The clones get squished, and I, I, I'm all, I've got a year of being squished. That, that seems like a very bad face. Yeah, I mean, they're clones. They're, they're yeah, expendable, but not to me. They're still sentient, though. I don't yeah, like, yeah. I don't, if, if it's yeah. robots getting squished, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Now, Malcolm, what's your stance on squishing? I, I can't, God, squishing kind of is a terrifying Yeah element like turn it into is, fucking pace. that sucks man i don't want to get yeah scared. i mean it is one of those things where it would be like an instant death though like you wouldn't you wouldn't couldn't you you wouldn't see it coming i think i feel bad more for the clones that like kind of get sucked into that giant hole 
because that's uh, a doom like you can't escape that hole yeah but then but we like, then we get to the part where mace loses his saber and that's the coolest fucking shit in this series in my opinion he's like punch he's punching uh robots he's doing all this cool force stuff and yeah his power level is insane in this yeah it's mace windu versus everybody yeah <laughs> that's a good way of putting it yeah and it's just that little kid in the distance you're like oh shit it's, per- it's pretty cool i I love how Mace runs. He has a very big stride, and he's also, like, twirling a lot. He's, like, doing these jumpy twirls. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of um, Samurai Jack. Like, there is a bit of, like, a similarity there. Uh, For sure. I feel like yeah. in terms of the running style. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't seen Samurai Jack in a long time, but it kind of gave me, like, Samurai Jack vibes, which makes sense considering who kind of created this miniseries. Samurai Jack is proof that uh, Gendi Tartakovsky has watched the anime Gurren Lagann, because the ending to Samurai Jack, when he brought it back, is just the ending to Gurren Logan. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You watched like two episodes of it way back when, but then it turns out you watched the wrong series, and so we watched Gundam <laughs> instead. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's that show. Oh, that one, yes. But you didn't see the ending to Gurren Logan, though, so. No. But yeah, Gendy Tartakovsky, he like just straight up took, took an anime that like he knew like only dorks would watch. Um, cool dorks because Gurren Logan's awesome. But yeah, he's just like, I'm just going to use the ending to Gurren Logan in my show. My my much anticipated ending to my show. I love that. I love it. Um, Master Luminara, she gets the spotlight and she is dope. I always like to see her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, she's definitely like in the prequels, you really like, is there any like side Jedi other than Kieti Mundi who talks? I don't even remember Kieti Mundi even talking. I just remember he has the weird head. Well, I know who he is, but I just don't remember his lines. He says, uh, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? And then I think in Phantom Menace, he says something to Anakin, like, your thoughts dwell on your mother. Or, I don't know. <laughs> That's real throwaway, throwaway lines that any Jedi could have said, but they're like, yeah, we got, we got this guy playing Kieti Mundi, uh, Newt Gunray, and somebody else. He plays this multiple is- characters. Damn. Yeah, it's this guy Silas Carson who, uh, for me, is notable for being in. Uh, I'm a big fan of the IT Crowd. Oh, he's in that. He's in one episode of the oh. IT Crowd. It's the first episode that Matt Barry's in, and he's just this really angry boss who doesn't like uh, our our friends in the IT Crowd. I, I'm bummed the guy who uh, who offers uh, death sticks in uh, in in Attack of the Clones. Doesn't doesn't get any more appearances. Also, he's played by the same guy who played, um, I believe it's Mouse in uh, The Matrix. That oh, could do it too much. Uh, yeah, it's really, I think real bummer. I liked him a lot. That character, of course, like many characters, is named, and I think he's one of like four or five characters in the Star Wars universe who are named Ben. Your, your, <laughs> your name is Obi Wan Kenobi. You need a new identity, so you change your name to Old Ben Kenobi. <laughs> It, it totally works. Yeah. I'm just curious if there was someone in like George Lucas's past named Ben that he was like, he was a I love Ben. Yeah, Ben's my mentor. Ben's or like Ben's my dad or my grandfather or something. And I got to honor him yeah. by naming every like side character Ben. ben and then Disney's, Disney's got to honor George Lucas. Like, all right, we got, we got the son of the two beloved Star Wars characters. Easy. Ben um what do you guys think of the yoda and uh, amidala little arc they they fight some chameleon droids yeah they go to uh 
Ilum or Elam. Okay. Which uh, for me is notable for being in the new uh, Jedi Fallen Order game. Oh, yeah, it is in there. Yeah, that's where Cal goes to, he goes bull and he gets some kyber crystals. Uh, and I was surprised to see that in this show. I didn't realize that, I don't know, that I guess that, yeah. that it was in this show. For sure. Uh, the, the episode, the arc that comes right after this, though, is the highlight for me. One of, one of many highlights, it's, it's Ventress versus Anakin, and we get the clones versus the swamp as well. Yeah. Uh, which is extraordinarily violent. It's just three minutes of the clones being killed in every possible way. Yeah, they start to feel bad for them. <laughs> they're clones, yeah, it becomes like Predator. Clones. Like, it's just like... That predator really is a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. it's just okay. like, hey, we're, they're in the jungle, and then, like, and an invisible you know, being is just taking them down. <laughs> I really enjoyed Rip Sleeve Anakin uh, when his sleeves get ripped when he's fighting Ventress his final time. And yeah. uh, Duel of the Fates is and also playing. He's, he's shredded like everybody. He's shredded. He's way more yeah. shredded than uh, Hayden Christensen could ever ask for. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Hayden Christensen's mad. They're like, you couldn't CGI me some abs? Like, what is... You can't, like, give me some steroids like the Marvel guys now do? Well, uh, too, too, too early, Hayden. Too early. Yeah, I mean, I feel... I mean, he must have been, what, in his early 20s when he was doing that, but... No. still it's yeah it's funny uh yeah. any, any thoughts on kia mundi he's the guy with the massive head like long i always liked him he was always like like when i was playing like lego star wars the complete saga as a kid i'm like oh yeah i want to play as kiati like that was my guy he, he's dope uh Mal malcolm are you a kiati uh uh fanboy uh i mean nah, no i mean he's just conehead in the he's star conehead. wars He's the he's the he's just the conehead Jedi like what like like that's what it is. Um, I'm I guess I like I don't uh, I just don't, don't have an affinity for him. Like I'm not like oh wow, but it was just like oh there's there's the conehead. So, so he's a favorite uh, side or background Jedi. We'll we'll get to that in our in our later segment. Oh, we'll okay. get to that. We'll get okay. to that. Um, don't worry, it's coming. Um, now, so these last five episodes, they're, they're 12 minutes as opposed to three. Um, they form the basis for, for Clone Wars season three. And I like it. They're, they are really just like, it's a short little movie. Yeah. Um, so is this uh, the start of like chapter two or whatever? Chapter 21 through 25. It's or kind of I guess, a, uh, like the second the second series, I suppose I should say. Well, see, series one and two, we, we just talked about. The, the last short of it is when Grievous gets introduced. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, they're like 30 minutes each, so it's, it definitely so, flows into each other. Are we now at where Anakin is a mullet? Yeah, yeah, we get that. So the Chosen One debate is part of uh, episode 21. Okay. And then, yeah, we get mullet in episode 22. So the first time... Padme sees Anakin with a mullet and a scar on his face. They kind of look at each other longingly. And then there is very implied sex. Um, Gendy Tarakovsky is really horny, uh, especially in the final yeah. season uh, of Samurai Jack, where he got away, okay. where it was on Adult Swim, and he was able to get away with a lot more. Yeah, I mean, it's like subtle, but like they're like embracing each other, and then you see like the skyline and you see a, a light in the skyscraper turn out. And I guess that that must be when Luke and Leia are conceived, but yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> we, we get to see yeah. that. Um, yeah. I did love the introduction of uh, 
of what I call Fabio Anakin. Like I said, everyone is ripped. And when, yeah. oh yeah, this is one of my favorite minor characters. Um, he's like the droid uh, general. And he's like, he's like, how many are, the, are there? And he's like, no, that's just two of them. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I loved him. I yeah. loved droid general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, that was awesome. Yeah, and you get like, again, Anakin and Obi-Wan, they're like, it's again, it's like a Fabio cover. Gendy, man, he, he knows how to make these characters look good. Also in this uh, closer to episode three era, I almost felt like they inserted a bit of Han Solo personality into Obi-Wan. Like he kind of drops some one-liners and even says to Anakin in one of the episodes, uh, uh, you know, what a, what a wonderful smell you've discovered or whatever, which is obviously <laughs> remember what Ford says to uh, Chewbacca in uh, episode four. Yeah, he becomes sassy. That yeah. was something screen the screen junkies yeah. I pointed out in their trailer as well. Uh, is that it's it is well, it's weird. It's like oh I didn't I didn't expect Obi Wan to be like yeah the Han Solo <laughs> like they just sort of like we can't have Han Solo and we can't really we're not really going to create another character so we'll just make yeah. him sassy. I wasn't totally sold on Anakin's overall journey with with um, whatever those people are called. I'm I'm sorry. Oh, you know, so like, kind of like, I was I won't lie. I was like kind of like zoning out by the time I was watching that stuff. I do I do like when he gets tattooed, and also this show confirms uh, Anakin eats bugs. Yeah, that I one. I, that was wild to watch the bug. I was like, "What? They're just yeah. like there's multiple scenes of him just munching on critters." Like, dude, it's, dude guy, remember, man, he was like a slave child. You know, he's he's used he's used to not exactly the best conditions. Yeah, but you think like now that he's an adult, that he'd be like, "I can't eat that." Like, it reminds me too much. And instead, he's like just munching away on some bugs. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was funny, and it was even the um, uh, the tattoo is kind of delivered by a bug, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I like which the was tattoos. wild. Does he have tattoos in this like elsewhere? I don't remember. No, no. I think no. so. I mean, the one tattoo on his face just goes over where his scar is. So I don't know. Maybe it washes off in the bath, but yeah, it's just a temporary tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> there, exactly. it just slides. It just because they are like slugs. It's just like slug yeah, juice totally. that's on his chest. Yeah, they're like, oh, that kind of looks cool. I won't, uh, I won't shower for a couple of days. There is the implication that it's a little uncomfortable to have those things tattooed. Like he's kind of squirming a bit, and I think he maybe says "ouch," but I don't know. It's it's bug tattoos, and he's eating bugs. I don't know. Anakin loves bugs. He, he yeah. loves them bugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was was there anything specific for you in the Anakin portion? Because to be honest, I don't have any notes about that, Logan. Um. That takes the backseat because that's that's all happening while Coruscant is happening. Yeah, the Coruscant attack is awesome. That's Coruscant definitely- is amazing, and then you have our main characters on this other planet doing their own thing. And obviously, they can't be on Coruscant yet because that wouldn't follow suit with the plot. But, yeah, uh, I, it's not bad. It's just less interesting than Coruscant for me. That's that's the thing. I mean, he gets his arm destroyed. Oh, and I, yeah. yeah, that was cool when his arm gets destroyed, and then all the freed guys, like the yeah, freed yeah. mutant creature dudes, yeah. they, what they like rip off their arms too or something. Yeah, they because they have like cannon arms after. Yeah, the and they rip them off like in yeah. solidarity with uh, Anakin. So he's you yeah. know he's he's started an uprising, and, and uprisings are all, are always cool. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, comparative to what's going on in Corazon. And also, fuck, Palpatine is such a, such a dick. They're like, dude, let's get out of here. You shouldn't be in this office. And he's like, 
oh, I shouldn't go anywhere. I'm fine. <laughs> what are you talking about? And yeah. then you hear Grievous walking down the roof. And they're like, oh, come on, let's go. And he's like, oh, it's nothing. And then you see Grievous's head peek over and he smashes through the window. And you're like, yeah. Come yeah. On, Pal- Palpatine, man, you shouldn't trust that guy. But uh, the Jedi, the, the Jedi, they couldn't uh, sense that. <laughs> I like how despite, uh, obviously, the Emperor and Palpatine being the same person, uh, em- the Emperor in this just has garbage teeth. I love that. I love the teeth. And then, and then Palpatine just doesn't. But <laughs> yeah. Forced teeth control or whatever. He can, yeah, there you go. He's got yeah. some disguising powers. Um, yeah. Anything more about this kind of final arc? Again, like the Grievous stuff is great. I, 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 I really don't know if we liked- got the uh, the cave drawing kind of fight sequence. That was cool. That was neat, even though I didn't fully understand it. Yeah, like, I don't really, I didn't get it in terms of story, but, like, just visually, that was, like, a really fun sequence. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's so inventive. Like, it has no business being in it, but it's, like, like it almost feels like it should be, like, another show, <laughs> to be There's honest. There's some, I believe, some implication that Anakin will become Darth Vader in that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I think that's kind of the purpose it serves. Is Anakin's kind of like, oh, and it's kind of showing him the future. There's there's another similar like dark prophecy arc in um in the, the Clone Wars that's really good actually. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And then Anakin's mind gets wiped and he forgets the whole thing. But oh yeah, I forgot that. Um, yeah, that that's kind of like a. Yeah, precursor. Because in the cave drawing, there's like uh, the one of the guys kind of becomes more and more powerful and destroys everyone around him. He starts off as the hero and obviously ends as the villain. Yeah, yeah. yeah either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Uh, th- thank you, Christopher perfect. Nolan. <laughs> yeah, Christopher uh, Nolan. That's art. our other podcast that we're going to be launching. We're going to be doing a, a Nolan cast. So let's move on to to our favorite uh, segment at the end. Your favorite obscure or minor character. Who is the Robert E.O. Speedwagon of this podcast? Speedwagon, 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Uh, so my Speedwagon is, I've mentioned him several times in this podcast, it's Wolfman. Uh, yeah. I, I loved Wolfman. I really like... I don't know. I'm a big sucker for like horror films uh, and like the monster movies. And uh, I love that they just have this Jedi that is Wolfman. Oh, and the fact that he's called Wolfman, which like with a V, like it's just a hard yeah. V. Yeah. And it was, it was tied between him and, uh, and Shaggy. Yeah. Uh, also called Shaggy <laughs> in yeah, the yeah. show. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I like the design of Wolfman. Um, he doesn't like ha- I think it was almost all design for me. I was just like, yeah. oh, this is great. Like, I just like that there's like this idea of this like Wolfman creature just running around as a Jedi. I wanted to see his planet. I want to see what's going on there. It kind of reminded me of, in terms of my memory, of like, oh, it's kind of like when Star Trek, the original show, goes and they do the uh, mafia world where it's like everyone's like a, is like a 40s gangster. It <laughs> uh, looked like they came from the Godfather, but they all like have kind of pointed ears. So I'm like, I just love to see this world of like everyone's a werewolf. Like they just want, like yeah, there's a planet cute. of werewolves. That's the implication of Wolfman's existence. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, Shaggy, but somebody's gonna get mad at me for not knowing the species. <laughs> but that guy that screams from his neck, 
in the final uh, few episodes. He's a Jedi. No idea what species he is. Super cool. He blasts Grievous back just by the supersonic sound he makes. Super cool. Uh, and my mine is the uh, the battle droid general, the, uh, yeah. the one who's just like, is it is it is it oh, an army of them? Hmm? There's two. There's two. He's he's the one that uh, leads us into Fabio Anakin. Yeah, excellent. I I, I dug him a lot. We we don't get we don't even I mean we don't get a ton of even separatist uh, insight in this series and the battle droids of course they're not even doing the Roger Roger thing that yeah, much I don't I don't know if you see Newt Gunray at all you I do get I think he's of, you do get when Dirge is introduced those kind of flamboyant uh, I don't know what species they are either but the very eccentric separatists you know you see them early on oh yeah I forget. Yeah. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. I, I guess you don't want to officially name if they're, if they're a separatist just because not all, not all of Newt Gunray's species, uh, right. they all look alike. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to confuse any of them. Yeah, not, not the same species as Newt Gunray. Okay. But, uh, the one with like the super guess, long head too, who like tries to yeah. be, like begging. I know him, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the guys in charge of mutating uh, those warriors are the, the techno union. Those, those guys are cool. I dig them. Yeah, Techno Union. Uh, they should get the, an entire spinoff, I'd say. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be. They fun. they like their their techno music. Uh, final thoughts on Clone Wars, guys. Let's let's get every single thought you have out of the way now. I like the uh, I really like the art style. Um, I feel like it was like this great mix of throwback to like uh, I said earlier, Hanna Barbera was like you know kind of new age sort of, I guess, not necessarily new age, but it's just like, you know, obviously, you know, you get uh, Tchaikovsky's own style. Mm -hmm. Like the, he established with like Dexter and uh, Samurai Jack. I mean, uh, there's a lot of, you know, callbacks, some of which I went over my head. I uh, like they usually do on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, I find the, uh, the action was unrelenting and I don't necessarily know if I recommend like, watching the, the full youtube like two hour uh like because it's on youtube yeah, just the full two hour it's a lot on disney plus no it's not really that's weird yeah it, yeah it is kind of weird i mean i guess it was a cartoon network thing and i think cartoon network's warner brothers but yeah. i mean it's also incestuous at this point the fact that it's on it's been on youtube for uh two years now and there hasn't been a copyright strike which means yeah. that like i don't think they care about it <laughs> like i think they One made those their money. things where it's like i would imagine the dvd is out of print and like like for instance i'm really into uh the show called garth Marenghi's dark place okay and oh, I've heard of it, yeah. You can't, like, get it anywhere. It's not on any streaming service. The DVD is super out of print and pretty expensive. The entire series is on YouTube and has been forever. And I think it's just one of those things where they're like, okay, people want to see it. Just leave it alone. We're not losing any money here. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I have confirmation. Uh, I, I have confirmation. Um, D Disney Plus will not have O3 Clone Wars because it was technically made in-house at Cartoon Network as a CN original series, which is not owned by Disney. So that's why. Yeah. So it's most likely it could just end up on HBO Max <laughs> randomly <laughs> at some point. I, I would love 
that you could yeah well i mean who, who even has hbo max we're canadian so it's just gonna be on crave crave yeah yeah it's on youtube it's on youtube for free you don't need a subscription you yeah. can watch yeah. it all. yeah who cares oh, it's on youtube that's the thing i like is that now like a lot of 2000 stuff is just being uploaded onto youtube and like these studios don't really care so they're just like yeah, yeah sure well, like you can have all of you know this random show uh, like I was watching old episodes of a show called Mansers uh, recently, <laughs> I remember and that, that show's show. fucking crazy and sexist as hell. <laughs> and it was on Spike TV in the 2000s. Uh, there's network for it's, men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's wild. Uh, but this, uh, yeah, this was just more enjoyable. Uh, and it's a, it's so weird. Like it, I feel like it kind of it uh, encapsulates how like almost like unfocused star wars was in that like the 2000s especially in the early 2000s it didn't really like have a home until it's an unfocusedness that i mostly appreciate i know i'm sure there's like plenty of expanded universe stuff that was really crappy and shitty but you know i i i'm really curious to see the future of star wars just where it goes taika waititi it looks like is going to direct the next movie and obviously now he has time thanks to covid so that's i think covid is ultimately a good thing for star wars because they don't have to rush these things hopefully <laughs> hopefully yeah. hopefully they're well, not that ready. was the thing they didn't ha- i feel like they were they all of a sudden were like we have to make one every year the production and schedules I, for these movies was ridiculous and i feel like no you don't need to like you can just like i think that's the one thing i like unlike you know marvel where it's like it is in this arms race with dc to like constantly put out product star wars doesn't really have a competitor i mean star I guess Star Trek in some elements. No, Star Trek is, is eh. but it's so different. Star Trek's a whole like it's like there's you know it's a whole different thing. Yeah, um, I mean there was there was a reason why Star Wars movies always came out every three years, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't to be an asshole about it and make you wait. <laughs> it's like these things take time to put out a quality. Well, I mean, I don't you know the prequels also. Yeah, you know, well, again, George Lucas was not the um, best. Uh, best with writing characters but yeah no, I, mean, I, I can appreciate yeah. that it's still they're inconsistent movies but first of all lucas did not give a fuck with his fans thoughts which i greatly yeah, appreciate me, which me, i think me. is honestly the best thing you got to do like i think yeah that is like the th- that is what also i felt with this clone wars thing where it's like you know you can tell he just he, he's not doing any fan service it's kind of like i'm just gonna do yeah. this thing and then well, you're gonna like, accept it and i think that's like what was missing that's like the missing ingredient of this new trilogy is that they what they should have done is again probably hired a really great writer or writers yeah. and then just yeah. be like you make you write the trilogy and you like yeah. and no and don't and no outside noise and then just commit mm-hmm. to it i think that's well, what that's, i feel like i think a lot of people want at least that's what i want to see is like, i just want to see some commitment mm-hmm, to like yeah. the story <laughs> well it's like say what you want about george lucas he kind of had a sense of humor about it and like it, he knew what he wanted there's an interview somewhere where after Phantom Menace came out, and obviously there's waves of Jar Jar hate, somebody asks him, so what's the next movie going to be called? And he said, Jar Jar's Big Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you know? no, I, that's the thing. He wasn't, he, he was writing the movies he wanted to make. He, he made last minute changes during Revenge of the Sith. I was reading some massive article about all the editing. Yeah, there was a huge change to like basically Anakin's entire motivation for... But it still fits within one creator's vision, albeit, you know, you know what I mean? And I, like, I appreciate it. And yeah. I, I wonder what the future would have been if, like, um, 
what was it? Like Johnson wrote, because I guess he wouldn't, he wouldn't have written The Last Jedi if he was writing those two movies. He said he put all his ideas that he wanted in those two into Last Jedi when he decided not to do the two scripts. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if that would have been stronger. I mean, or hey, you know, it's interesting. Uh, but hey, listen, I, I don't like Rise of Skywalker, but guess what? I'm sure they can turn that era around just like they did with the prequel era. Like I've got- I. I'm pretty neutral on the sequels. I don't hate them. I don't love yeah. them. I will sit down and watch them. The biggest thing at the end of the day is like episode six for me has such a definitive ending. It really it's does. The redemption of Anakin Skywalker that anything after that, albeit Mandalorian is amazing and it's unrelated. Yeah. So don't mind that existing after that, but anything after Darth Vader's redemption, I'm like, well, I thought the point of these movies was the rise and fall of, of yeah and i anakin skywalker i mean but, lucas did do the treatments i mean he did yeah. those treatments that featured luke dying and stuff so, sorry star wars theory that's the truth he wanted luke to die in episode eight it's true absolutely luke was gonna die and yeah. i think lucas is episode eight yeah like yeah. that that's the whole thing um i'm very i'm very like that's the stuff where i'm just like if, if you don't like the luke stuff in episode eight like i can't have i can't have a conversation with you you can tell me you hate canto bite I even low-key like the post stuff, but the, the Luke stuff is perfect, in my opinion. What do you What do you want to see? You want <laughs> a classic character to have a new arc and kind of deepen and enrich the character, or do you just want him to lightsaber go show up and be like, "Hey, it's me, Luke Skywalker. Why was I on the island just for laughs? Let's go, Ray." And you know what? I mean, I remember watching that movie, watching the ending, and I was like, "That's what he's gonna do." But I thought the choice that ultimately is made was a stronger one. It's more emotional. And, and like Yoda said, we, we are what they grow beyond. That is the burn of masters, failure. Absolutely. Failure is the greatest teacher is my favorite scene in, in, in that movie. It's the best. It's top tier. Yeah. So one thing I wish Ryan Johnson didn't cut from that movie is he did film a scene of uh, Luke crying over Han's death. Okay. It's a very short scene. It's about a minute long. But... I don't know. Like they're best friends. Come on, man. Yeah, I, it could. I could have used that. You know, we didn't have yeah. to see um, the guy put in the weird. Um, who's the Warwick Davis putting coins in BB-8? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We could have. We could have had um, Benicio del Toro do a couple less twitches, or maybe yeah. just the twitches out. Yeah. Uh, as well, I remember seeing it opening night in theaters, and when Luke shows up on a crate and whips out a blue lightsaber it immediately like took me out of the movie because I was like, wait, what? Didn't that lightsaber just get destroyed in the previous scene? And I get it now. I'm fine with it. Oh now. yeah. Because it was a vision because it was a vision. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I get it now. Yeah. And I'm fine yeah. with it now. But in that moment, I was like, is that, is that a mistake? Like, did they, <laughs> well, but then you have to watch the whole movie, that. like just fucking blow it. Yeah. Um, no, I again, I don't get why people, uh, certain certain people are like, no, he should have killed all the robot, you know, all the AT-ATs. I'm like, no, that's, again, I, I, I've clearly hijacked this podcast into just talking about Last Jedi for now. You know, um, it's, I have it's, a lot of thoughts on the movie. We're here for Clone Wars, but at the end of the day, it's it's Star Wars. You know? It's Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's a universe. It's yeah. a universe. There's some content I like. There's some content I like less. But it was cool. Yeah, Clone Wars is a great series. You can definitely watch it as a singular experience. You know, honestly, it's on YouTube, so there's not really any excuse to not watch even just 10 minutes of it just to get a feel for what it was like. 
Exactly. And they're three minute shorts. Just just watch yeah. the just watch the Mace Windu yeah. stuff. It's badass. Honestly, and the Kit Fisto, give me that. Come on. Underwater Kit Fisto. It's dope. Uh, James Cameron, make it happen. D- give James yeah. Cameron a Star Wars spin-off yes. for the Avatar. Yeah. Give movie. him he loves like I said, he loves the ocean. Give so. him the opportunities. Like you can do anything in the ocean. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe you can even tie it into the Navi. Maybe the Navi are actually part of the uh, the Star Wars universe. Um, he's friends with Lucas. I'm sure they'd approve of it. Hey, they're both uh, now Disney properties. So they are. I think that's 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 a good way of ending it. Maybe we'll talk about Revenge of the Sith sometime because I think that movie is anime as well. I think that's. I mean, I mean, this yeah, that was the one thing. Is like, is this anime? Like, is this? Oh, this like, is we're actually. Gendy. I I don't know if it is. Uh, but. It totally is. Uh, but but I think but it's up to the audience to well, really make up their mind. For one thing, for one thing, anime literally just means cartoon. <laughs> so every, every we we can do the Harley Quinn show for all I care uh, next week. Um, <laughs> but no, actually next week, uh, dear listener, we're going to be covering Level E, um, the series about an alien that uh, becomes roommates with a baseball player. I have not watched the show beyond reading the premise on last week's episode. Um, so this is going to be new for me as well. We're going to watch episodes one through four. Um, I guess, Logan, where can people find you? Are you active on the social? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter at uh, Logan Seamstress. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Wolfman Middleton. And I think, yeah, Wolfman, there you go, Wolfman. And then, uh, you know, I'm thinking about getting into the YouTube game. I got a lot of time with COVID going on. So. <laughs> You know, I guess keep an eye out for that, but we'll link it then. when this episode comes out on all our social. And, media. and if you, dear listener, uh, want to hear me and Logan just talk about uh, do do is the Star Wars, I suppose, or something to that extent. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, we have no shortage of Star Wars content to talk uh, about. And- no, I will say I was I became I'm the first listener of that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, if if you demand it, uh, I'm sure me and Logan would be we'd be happy to do it. We can cover all, cover all the weird stuff. That, spin uh, off, spin off, spin off. Spin offs, exactly. Um, but thanks for listening. You can find us on at Is This Anime Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Yeah, like and uh, subscribe where you listen to podcasts. The editor's favorite sexual euphemism of the episode. Kit Fisto, give me that. Come on. Underwater Kit Fisto.